Hello, everyone. This is Gary Naylor. If you listened to the last podcast titled The Effectual Two-Bird Pattern, you will know what I mean when I say that I have gone into my mother's womb. What it means (laughs) is in my mother's womb when I was a baby, obviously I was enveloped in water. And I didn't have any attire on at that time. And so entering into my mother's womb today is to enter into a tub of nice warm water. And for some reason, and I can't explain why, but this has been true since 2004. For some reason, when I enter into my mother's womb, it is not unusual for me to hear from God. And maybe it's because I'm so young at that point, being unborn. Whatever the reason, I find that Yahweh often reveals things to me in my mother's womb. And just recently, since the last podcast, it's happened again. And I want to share with you about that. And before I do so, (laughs) I want to tell you something. What I'm going to share with you is going to be really sticking my neck out. In fact, when I woke up this morning considering doing a podcast about this, I didn't know if I wanted to or if I should. The reason is, is because it deals with something very specific and time-related. And we're talking about time right before us at this moment. And I really hate to stick my neck out. Of course, we've already done so. We're talking about the latter rain come May 31 of this year, 2017. But I saw something in my mother's womb, and I talked to a couple of brothers, and they said, share it. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share this with you. But I'm telling you up front, this is what I see. But what Yahweh is going to do, that is yet to be seen. But I want to share this with you, and we will see if this is from the Father. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's for another time. I don't know. But I can tell you what my experience was, and then we will just leave everything on the table and see what the Father does. Recently, I have found myself exchanging the two months of March and May on a regular basis. Now, May 31 is the time that we are looking for Yahweh to hopefully provide the latter rain. It's to be seen. But something happened in March that is very significant to me. And so many times I think March and May really in the same category of significance. And so whenever I talk about the latter rain, I would tell someone, yeah, in March, we're going to, you know, we hope to have the latter rain. They'll say, March? You mean May? I say, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. In May. It's real common for me to exchange those two. When I was laying in my mother's womb, I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know, I exchange them so freely. It's like They're one and the same, that March is May. And it was really impressing me of 
how freely I exchanged those two months. And I was using this phrase, March is May, March is May. And before I go any further, let me, let me explain why March is so significant to me. In that month, in 2003, several of us in The Bride were going to get together and hold all things in common in our home in Enumclaw, Washington. Now, my wife did not want to be there. She did not want to be a part of it. And so she was going to leave while the others came. And the fact is, she left, and she even came and had friends to come over. I knew it in advance, and she moved out all my furniture. Now, I still had some furniture left over from my parents and such, but she took all of the furniture that was ours in common. And so it was a major, major event in my life. She left on March 10, 2003. And after we held all things in common, I invited her to come back home, but she refused. And so we have been apart ever since then. Now, the reason that this is relevant is because as of March of this year, she will have been gone for 14 years. So you ask, well, what's the significance of 14? It's very significant. The number 14 is, of course, the sum of two sevens. And it's the number seven that is so significant, especially as it relates to my wife. She's been gone 14 years, which is two sevens. Seven is a corrupt number when it comes to man. When it's the heavenly number, it's good. But if you take the heavenly and give it to man, it will be corrupted, and that's what happens to the number seven. Let me give you some examples. Mary Magdalene. Seven demons were cast out of her. Then when we read the parable concerning the unclean spirit that leaves a man, it says it returns to the house and it takes along seven spirits that were even more wicked. There was a drought for seven years. You have the seven sons of Sceva. You have the man who immersed himself in the Jordan River seven times before he was healed of his leprosy. And possibly one of the most revealing is in the book of Revelation, it talks about the mark of the beast, which in most translations says 666, but that's not the case. The older manuscripts say that the number was 616. Now, that doesn't mean 616 is the mark of the beast, because the scriptures say that from that you calculate the number of the beast. Well, how do you calculate it? You go left to right or right to left. Six plus one is seven. You go the other way, six plus one is seven. And so seven is actually a corrupted number here on earth, especially in regard to the kingdom of heaven. Now, my wife has been gone 14 years. That's two sevens. You remember that Jacob had to labor two sevens in order to get what he thought was a bride, but he got two brides. 
Well, my bride has been gone for two sevens. And what the two sevens represent are, in fact, the 2,000 years of the kingdom of heaven, the church, for the last 2,000 years. God has called me to be an intercessor. In the early 80s, he showed me that Reese Howes was my example in the flesh. His book is titled, Reese Howes Intercessor. Intercession is something that Yahweh's called me to. Intercession is identification. I cannot live 2,000 years and identify with the church, the 2,000 years of the church. I can't make it. But as an intercessor, I can live through two periods of seven years. You will recall that when Yeshua took the vow of the Nazarite, by doing so, he entered into the garden of God. And as a testimony and an identification process regarding this, they left the upper room and they went to a garden, the garden at Gethsemane. The reason he went into a garden, physical garden, was because as an intercessor, he was in the garden of God. Being in that garden identified him in that intercession. In like manner, my wife being gone for two sevens or 14 years is an intercession for and identification with the 2,000 years of the church and its corruption. The church has not had a bride for 2,000 years. The first remnant bride, the Leah bride, is dead. And as far as my wife is concerned, she's been dead to me for two sevens, for 14 years. Experientially, as an intercessor, I have been going through 2,000 years without a bride. I have had no relations with anybody. We are still married. Our union is intact. But what has to happen prophetically and <laughs> in reality is my wife needs to come back at the end of these two periods. Just like we need the Rachel bride today, my bride needs to come back and be joined back with her husband. So intercessorily, I have been going through 2,000 years. But come March, those two sevens will be complete. And what I look to the Father to do is to give me my wife back. Do you understand? So as I was laying there in my mother's womb, I was thinking about the significance of these two months. March is when I need my wife back and Yahweh repair the breach in my marriage. And it's not just my wife. It's all my children as well. They've all rejected me. So I need that breach repaired in March, marking the end of these two seven-year periods. And then in May, what we need is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the latter rain. Well, I've often thought receiving the latter rain would prove to my wife and children that I've been right all this time and that I would get them back. But I also knew 
and I'm just thinking naturally here, when the latter rain comes, I'm going to be very busy, and I wouldn't be able to enjoy my family. And you know, frankly, that's not such the big issue here, because I, in the natural, I would love to spend some time with my family before going out and proclaiming the bride to the world. And so, on the one hand, I desire that, but more so, March is actually the completion of the two sevens breach period. That's what gives me hope more than anything concerning my family. So as I was laying there in my mother's womb, I was thinking about all of this. I thought, March is like May. And I kept thinking about that phrase, March is like May, and all of a sudden I thought, hold it. I've heard that before, a phrase like that. And my mind went back to 1994 when the Spirit came upon me. And I had a close relationship with Steve Jones at that time. In fact, and Steve doesn't like me saying this, but he was a first remnant to me. Now, he doesn't understand what the first remnant really is, even though I've explained it all to him in his home. But what the first remnant is, is that they begin a work. And Steve was actually used to begin a work in my life. I'll give you some examples. He wrote a book called Creation's Jubilee. For the first time in my life, I understood that there is no eternal hellfire punishment and that Yahweh is going to save all men. Steve introduced me to that. Also, he introduced to me about who the Israelites are. Basically, you're Caucasians uh, from Europe and such, and Ireland and all across there. And I understood who the Israelites were, but that's just in the natural. But also, he brought to my attention this timeline that he actually got from another man, but he's developed it a lot. And that timeline helped me to understand what God was doing. Steve and, and Darla actually spent the night in our home a couple of nights in 1994, just prior to the Spirit coming upon me. And I'll never forget one of the things that he said. He said, I believe that the 244,000 in the book of Revelation are actually two groups. And I didn't ask him what they were. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And shortly after my association with Steve, in the middle of June of 1994, the Spirit came upon me and began revealing the bride truth. And I thought, you know, Steve knows about this two-part remnant. He has to because he said there were 244,000. And I thought he understood. I thought he knew. I didn't ask him. And I continued to search the scriptures concerning this bride work and what the body of Christ was. And it was on August the 7th, now remember, the Spirit came upon me in June, and it was on August the 7th, I was studying the Scriptures, and I realized suddenly that I was false remnant, that I was still a Christian, that I hadn't become this bride yet. And I fell down on the floor, prostrated myself before God, and I said, Father, is there any way you can deliver me from this? 
And he spoke to me and said, I want you to become a Mephibosheth. I want you to take everything that you have and give it to the man who's persecuting you and move to Washington State. In reality, that is where Steve Jones lived. One of the things that I did in seeking to confirm that this was God is I called Steve and told him about what had happened to me. And what is it like to be in Washington State? Does he concur that it'd be a good place to be? And he encouraged me to come to Washington State, which I did. And we attended his uh, his teaching sessions in his home uh, for some time. During that time that we were still in that home where the Spirit came upon me, I was communicating some with Steve, and he was talking about something that he still addresses to this very day. He has this understanding that, and I'll state it the way he does, July is like September. And I'll explain that more in a minute. But he also believes that June is like August. In fact, when we were talking in August, he said, you know, something happened in June. I don't know what it was, but something happened in June that was very significant. But I don't know what it was, because June is like August, and here we were in August. And I thought, (laughs) I know what it was, but I wasn't going to say what it was. I just noted it. But I want to point out that he was very aware that July is like September and that June is like August. And this was turning in my mind because I was saying to myself, March is like May. March is like May. Then all of a sudden I remembered Steve talking about it all the way back in 1994, which is the beginning of my walk in the bride, my first remnant time. And I thought, wow, all of that was exposed to me at that time. And here I am now saying the very same thing that I said 23 years ago. And I'm wondering, what, what's happening here? What am I seeing? I looked up why Steve says that July is like September. Let me explain it to you. And then I'll share more about my hope. Originally, the months of September, October, November, December, they were the last four months in the original calendar leading up to Julius Caesar. September actually means seven. October means eight. November means nine. And December means ten. But Julius Caesar added two months at the front of the calendar so that it wasn't a ten-month year but a twelve-month year. And so even though October is the tenth month, In our calendar, October actually means eight. And so Steve and some others back in the 80s realized that July, which is the seventh month, is like September, which means seventh month. Do you understand that? July is the seventh month, but September means it's the seventh month. And what they realized was that July was actually a representation of something significant that would happen in September. That's why he said July is like September. 
and equally, June is like August. So I started pondering this matter of why did I say March is like May? And that was something that was addressed at the beginning of my walk with Yeshua concerning bride in my first remnant period, if you would. And here I am 23 years later, and I'm thinking March is like May. <laughs> and in addition, I went online to th- looking for Steve's writing, and I put in there, March is like May. And there is actually a phrase, a common phrase out there, when March is like May, May is like March. There's already a phrase out there that has to do with the weather. But there is a phrase, it's uh, supposedly from this one person, they said it's an old saying from northwest Spain, but it has its place out there in poetry and such. So my phrase that was turning in my head at the very beginning of my time in my mother's womb, March is like May, it already had a place in society, and Steve had the same principle going, and I'm going, okay, Father, what are you telling me about March and May of this year? But before I answer that, there's one other thing I need to mention that I was considering while I was in my mother's womb. You have March, April, May. It's a three-part work. March, April, May. Every one of these are like that because the middle month is passed over. And I realized, hold it, this is the pattern of the church. March would be the first remnant. April would be brief Christianity. And May would be the fulfillment. Well, quite interestingly, April 1st is when Yeshua was crucified in the year of 33 A.D. So for those three months where you have March, April, May, April truly is the month in which Yeshua was crucified, or we're talking about the body of Christ, period. So March would be the first remnant period, or if you would, the first bird period as a type. April would be the body of Christ, the waiting period. And then May would be the fulfillment. So, let's get to the hope that I received that early morning in my mother's womb. My wife has been gone for two periods of seven. March will mark the time of the end of that period. The breach in our marriage should end if we're going to follow that pattern. Here's my hope. Something needs to happen in March that is a sign, a testimony of what is going to happen in May. That's the whole principle that Steve and others have talked about. March is like May. So something has to happen that is like that which occurred previously. Now, there's another thing that comes to my mind right now that I've got to present, and I'm sorry I didn't add it earlier, but it's relevant. 
You see, for me, the spirit came upon me in June. And we went to Washington State in August. And Steve had told me, you know, something happened in June. I don't know what it is. And he must have told me this sometime in August because he was very puzzled because he couldn't figure it out because something significant, I guess, happened in August. And for me, the reality is the spirit came upon me in June. But it was not until August that Yahweh God came to me brought me into the bride experience on August the 7th, 1994, when I became a part of the bride. And frankly, that's when the bride was first birthed. It was first created at that point as I entered into this bride work. And so the anointing of the Spirit in June is like the calling of Yahweh into the bride, beginning the bride in August. So do you see, it's the same thing. June is like August. There was an experience, a dynamic experience in June that caused me to enter into the bride and go to Washington State in August. What is our hope in March is like May. March marks the two seven-year periods in my separation from my wife. Now, what I'm getting ready to tell you is impossible to man. Impossible. My wife rejects me. My children reject me to this very day. I would hope that in March... Yahweh God is going to do a sovereign work. Remember, the two seven-year periods are over. He could do it. A sovereign work in my wife and that she would come home in March. And if my wife came home, I guarantee you, my children will come home too. Because we think that the latter rain is a miracle. Brothers and sisters, my wife come home will be a a miracle as well because she is so opposed to me for my wife to come home in March. It's going to take something dramatic, but the reality is what we need in May or May 31 is all the more dramatic. So if March is like May, then at the end of 14 years, my wife coming home, will be a strong testimony that we will get the latter rain in May. Do you see that? March is like May. We need something in March that's going to testify that Yahweh God is going to do something dramatic in May. May 31, in fact. And let me tell you something else that's most interesting and certainly noteworthy. Steve Jones has Passover gatherings every year, I guess. I'm sure he's had them for years. But he's having one this year as well. But for the first time that I know of, and the people who I know who know Steve says that this is the first time he's ever done this. He is having their Passover gathering this year in Joplin, Missouri. 
I live in Missouri. Joplin, Missouri is not far from here. That's only one noteworthy thing. The other is, he's having it on May 12 through 14. You say, May, that's very late for a Passover gathering. Mm Mm-hmm, indeed. But for the first time, they are having a delayed Passover meeting. The first time. A delayed Passover meeting. Guess what? Our May 31 anticipation of the latter rain is equally on a delayed Passover. Now, we did it intentionally because we're looking for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a delayed Passover. It has to be a delayed Passover because the first Passover, the original Passover, has already been fulfilled with Yeshua's crucifixion. But we need a delayed Passover that's like the one that Hezekiah held, and he had a double portion. And so his gathering, (laughs) oh, I'm going to say something. I may regret saying it, and if I think I'm going to regret it, maybe I shouldn't. But Steve wrote me a letter after I left, and he said, I will not be your dumb first remnant. Reality is, (laughs) there's a test not just between Steve and I, but between Christianity and myself and other bride people. And the reality is, he didn't have any choice in being my first render because in the pattern, he was. And he presented things to me that I needed to know. But the question now is, who is right Is it Steve Jones in his Christianity, his overcomers, or is it the bride? His delayed Passover celebration right here in Missouri on May 12th through 14 will evidence whether he's right or not. If you would, the prophets of Baal, they get the first chance to show whose God is the true God. Two weeks later, on May 31, we have our Tabernacles Pentecost, and I can't tell you what we're even going to be doing on that day. I'm not concerned about knowing at this point. We've got two things to consider. Number one is if my wife and family come home in March, that is major. Now, if they don't, my hope for May is going to diminish. I'm, folks, I'm a realist, and I don't try to make things happen. I'm just an observer. But we also know that the work in Africa, as of March 31, will be a year and a half as a first remnant work. Folks, we got a lot of things pointing to this date. Not only the three feasts that occur on that date of May 31, But if you go to the new millennial calendar, the eighth month, and it's on the website, you have an unleavened bread, which is the delayed Passover. You have a Tabernacles Pentecost, and both of these are on May 31. 
but we also have a Jewish Pentecost. Add to that the test with Steve, and add to that the testimony of that which occurs in March will have its like occurrence in May. So we have a number of things pointing to this fulfillment. But even still, it's not a guarantee until we experience it. But if my wife and children come home in March, which I really hope they do, our attention and our expectation for May is going to be enhanced considerably. And I tell you, I would be most grateful for them to come home in March so that I could spend some time with them before an extraordinarily busy schedule erupts, and I mean erupts, with the fulfillment of a Tabernacles Pentecost on May 31. Keep in mind, folks, the latter rain are the waters of Gihon. There are writings at rendabride.com that speak of that. You can go search Gihon. Gihon means bursting forth. Gihon is where Solomon was anointed king. Gihon is the second river that comes out of Eden, which would be the latter rain, the Pishon and the Gihon. Gihon means bursting forth. And I can tell you that if my wife comes home, it is not even planted in her mind right now. It's probably the furthest thing that she would even consider. It would be truly a bursting forth. And with regard to the second one, the true outpouring of the Holy Spirit, (laughs) you can be sure it will be a Gihon. So, as you see, we add one more matter of suspense and wonder as we face these days before us. I would love for my family to come home in March. It would be a most welcomed repairing of the breach and to be vindicated and to restore my relationship with my family. Brothers and sisters, I would certainly be ready for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit come May. That will be just the icing on the cake. So in May, we hopefully will receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if something happens in March, where March is like May, all of this is going to be working together. And we will see the fulfillment of this culminating work that brings the period of Christianity to a close. It opens the door and the way for the establishment of the bride the Latter-day Bride, the second remnant, and the bride makes herself ready, performs the Elijah work of preparing the way for Emmanuel. And he comes back to this earth in a couple of years, two years, because we have two years left in the covenant with the many. The first remnant used a year and a half. We have two years left. And all of this could get going real quick, and in a most wonderful and powerful way. But, at this point, all it is is hope and 
anticipation, with a little dash of wonder in it. And hopefully we're going to see the work of Yahweh in bringing all of this about. It is his work by God or not at all. And all I'm doing right now is laying out some of the experiences I've just had and giving you some information that give us hope. But it's all in the hands of the Father as to what he's going to do. I hope he's giving us eyes to see. We know that Yahweh God is doing a great work in Africa. And with the latter rain, that work will spread throughout the world just as we addressed in the last podcast. So we look to the Father to perform this work. We hope that the things that I'm seeing right now are evidencing what he's doing and what he's going to do. And we wait with hope for what could happen in March. And I leave it in his hands. In the name of Yeshua. Amen.